scripture reading this morning is taken from Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 through 9, Matthew 15, verse 7 through 9. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. How about that? Hello. All right. Good morning to everyone. Glad you're here. In other cultures besides ours, honor can be very, very serious. In fact, honor is so important to some world cultures that people would rather die than to be dishonored. They'd rather die than to lose face or somehow feel like they had brought shame to themselves and their family. Our culture is not quite that way. It used to be that people cared about honor in American society, that we cared about standing up for what was right, and we cared about being a man of our word, and, and things like that. As a society, I mean, we cared about those things. But as our culture has gotten comfortable and, and relaxed, honor has kind of gone out the window for a lot of people. It doesn't feature very large in most people's thinking. But I want to say this to you this morning. When we read Scripture... The Bible indicates that whatever we give honor to, whatever we really believe is worthwhile, that we believe is worthy of respect and reverence, whatever it is that we honor shapes our destiny. Whatever it is that you have chosen to honor in your life will predict your future. And so if we choose to honor things like comfort and convenience, that's going to shape the way my future looks. When we read the scriptures, the Bible indicates that there are a number of institutions and individuals that we ought to give honor to. And as you think about scripture, it, it says, for example, that children are to honor their father and mother. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. That was actually one of the original Ten Commandments back in Exodus chapter 20. God said, parents are important. And if you really want the kind of future that I intend for you to have, you'll give honor to, you'll give respect to parents, to father and mother. When you read scripture, you'll find that it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, that people who love God and serve him are to honor marriage. Marriage is an institution that's to be held in honor among all. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Let the bed be undefiled, it says in Hebrews 13, verse 4. As people of God, we're to give honor to the institution of marriage. But not only that, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 5, verse 3, that we are to honor widows who are widows indeed. You know what Paul's talking about there when he says give honor to widows? The early church was giving honor financial help to people who were widows because they cared so much for these beloved sisters in Christ, these people who could not provide for themselves. And Paul says, give honor to widows who are widows indeed. 
Later on in the same chapter, in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17, the Apostle Paul writes that we are to give honor to elders. In fact, elders who rule well are to be counted worthy of double honor, it says in 1 Timothy 5 verse 17. And in that context, what he means is, if a, if a man serves as an elder, the church actually has the right and in some cases the responsibility to support him financially. You know, that's not something that the modern church does a great deal in my observation. But in 1 Timothy 5 verse 17, that is authorized. In fact, it's an appropriate response in some cases that we could financially support a man to serve as an elder. Honor those who serve as elders. Let them be counted worthy of double honor. You look on in the passages in, in Scripture and you'll find, for example, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, husbands are to love their wives and give honor to them as to the weaker vessel. We are to honor our wives. And by the way, wives, the Scripture says, we're to give respect to our husbands. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. And so this idea of honoring people, honoring others, it's found throughout the Old and New Testament. In Romans 13, verse 7, the Bible just says, give honor to whom honor is due. And in that context, he's talking about government authorities especially. But all those who are worthy of honor, we ought to give honor to them. Honor is really important when you study it from a biblical perspective. But most important of all, is what we read in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. We are to give honor to God. That is to say that he is to take up a considerable portion of the way we emphasize and make decisions in life. We are to respect and to revere and to lift him up in appropriate ways. We are to give honor to God. And I want to ask you a question this morning as you, as you think about this lesson. Are you honoring God with your life? Are you genuinely giving Him the praise and the worth and the respect that is due Him? Are you bringing honor to the God of heaven? It's a question worth reflecting on because it's not automatic that just because we come to an assembly like this and just because we listen to the Bible being preached and just because we sing the songs that are being led, it doesn't necessarily follow that we are giving honor to God. We can be in the right place with the right people and the right circumstances and doing the right things and yet still God may look at us and ask the same question he asked in Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. Where is my honor? Are you bringing honor to the God of heaven this morning? Three parts to our lesson. In the first part, we're going to talk about the meaning of honoring God. What does it mean? I mean, really, when you get down to the brass tacks, what is honoring God all about? Then secondly, we're going to talk about some reasons why the Bible says we are to honor him. And then finally this morning, I want us to examine some areas, some practical areas in all of our lives where we ought to ask the question, am I truly giving honor to the God of heaven? I hope you brought your Bible this morning or maybe your phone or personal device that you have a Bible copy on. What I want us to do is I want us to spend some time turning to some passages together. And I want us to ask the question, am I honoring God? First thing we're going to talk about this morning is the meaning of honoring God. Open your Bible, if you would, to Psalm 89. Psalm 89, and I'll meet you there in just a moment. 
Psalm 89. You could be opening your Bible there. What does honor mean? If we were to take the word and to boil it down and to say, this is what honor is. Honor has to do with giving something to someone else. It has to do with handing something over to another. And specifically, honor has to do with giving to someone else respect or a sense of worth or prestige or value. That's what honor is. It means that I'm handing something over to somebody else. Respect, honor, prestige, value. I'm saying to someone or something else, this is something I respect. This is someone that I value. This is someone that I think of as being lofty and prestigious. If the Bible says we're to hold marriage in honor, we're saying that we value marriage. If the Bible says we're to honor father and mother, we are to give respect to those who are our parents. If the Bible says we are to honor our wives' husbands, it means that we show them in practical ways that we believe that they are worthy and worthwhile of our attention and our affection and our love. Honor has to do with giving something. It's not just an attitude. It's something that we act upon. Giving someone those things. Look at Psalm 89 now that you're there. And if you would, look at verses 6 and 7. And listen to the words of the psalmist. For who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. Now just stop and think about what the psalmist is doing as he thinks about God and about his greatness. He says, who's like the Lord? He is worthy. He is unique. Who is comfortable to him? There's nobody like him. And then he goes on and says that he is to be held in reverence in the assembly of the saints. He is to be feared by the people of God. Is there a sense of honor for God in the way that we worship, in the way that we approach him, in our hearts, in our minds, in our attitudes as we come before him? Do we give respect and worth and prestige and value to God in honoring him? In another passage in Matthew chapter 21, Jesus was telling the parable of the wicked vine dressers. And if you've ever read that parable, you'll know that the vine vineyard owner, he had a vineyard and he left some vine dressers to tend it while he went away. And he wanted some of the fruit from his own vineyard. And so he sent servants, one after the other after the other. And the vine dressers, they disrespected the vineyard owner. And so they killed and beat and stoned the servants that the vineyard owner sent. And finally, the vineyard owner said to himself, I will send my son, Matthew 21, verse 37. Surely they will respect him. What's the parable about? The parable of the wicked vine dressers. It's about honor for God. It's about listening to the son that he has sent. It's about respect. It's about honor. As you read on in the New Testament, you'll find passages like Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28 where the Bible says that since we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we will serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. 
The Bible speaks about God being worthy of honor. And the Bible speaks about him being worthy of reverence and godly fear. You know, a lot of people are very casual and very flippant when they talk about God. When God comes up in our conversation, when the things that we say about him, we, we need to make sure as his people, as those who honor him, that we hold his name in reverence. Hallowed be your name, Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 and following. We need to be a people who honor God. Turn to another passage with me, if you would. Turn to Matthew chapter 15. It was the passage that Trent read for just a moment ago. Matthew chapter 15, and I want you to notice verses 1 through 9. In Matthew 15, verses 1 through 9, Jesus has a controversy with the Pharisees. There were a number of these, but this one's about honor. It's about honoring God. The scribes and the Pharisees want to know why Jesus' disciples don't wash in the ceremonial ways that they have devised. And Jesus responds to them in verse 3, and he says, Why do you also transgress the commandments of God because of your tradition? And Jesus goes on to say that in the Ten Commandments, one of those was honor your father and mother. And he points out something the Pharisees were doing. The Pharisees, instead of honoring their father and mother, were saying, we've got a reason why we don't have to do that. We don't have to care for our parents when they're older. We don't have to take care of them physically. We don't have to give worth and respect and prestige and value to them because we're doing spiritual things. We're the teachers of Israel. We're important. People depend on us for answers. They depend on us for spiritual insight and learning. And so we don't have to care for our parents. And Jesus says, by doing that, you might have rationalized a good reason in your mind to ignore the commandment of God, but what you're doing instead is you're dishonoring God himself. Look at verses 7 through 9. Hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, This people draw nearest, draws near to me with their mouth and honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. What do we learn about honoring God just from this passage? It has to do with giving respect to what God says. It has to do with valuing the Word of God appropriately. What the Pharisees had done was they had taken something that was a very clear commandment of God and they had said, well, we would do this if circumstances weren't otherwise in our lives where we have to go and be teachers of the law and we have to go and give ourselves and dedicate ourselves to what God has commanded us or what, what we think is important. And we're going to ignore what God has commanded us. As God's people, we need to pay attention to the Word of God if we're going to truly and properly honor Him. Honor's about obedience. It's about doing what's right. When we think about the value of honor, when we think about what God says honor is all about, the question needs to be continually asked in our lives. Am I, by the way, I'm living my life bringing honor and glory to God? As we think about honor as well, not only should we focus on the meaning to give value and prestige and respect and worth to someone, but what does it mean when we think about honor? What does it mean to talk about 
why we should honor someone, why we should honor God. What are some reasons for that? I'll give you four reasons. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and look with me at verse 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. And notice what the Scripture says. Solomon was a wise man, and when he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, he was giving us a report on his experiments and what was really valuable, what was really meaningful, what was worthy of honor in life. And when you get to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and you look at verse 13, here is his conclusion. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. He's asking, what's the meaning of life? And here's his answer. Fear God, that sounds like honor, and keep his commandments, that sounds like honor. For this, fearing God and keeping his commandments, this is man's all. Scripture commands us to honor God, and it says, if you did nothing else with your life besides respect God and follow his commandments, if you did nothing else in your life, you would have lived, in God's vision, a successful life, a useful life, a meaningful and profitable life. This is man's all, to honor God. Why should I honor God? Secondly, because wisdom demands it. Look at Proverbs 15 and verse 33. Proverbs 15, verse 33. The Proverbs writer is concerned about wisdom and he's concerned about us living with wisdom. And here's what he says in this particular passage. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. Now, some people believe that this passage is talking about God honoring me, talking about how God takes the humble and lifts them up. We have verses like that in the New Testament. James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. But when you think about it from a perspective of our relationship with God, humility, humbling myself in his presence and realizing that God is worthy of my praise and my devotion, that God is great in all of his ways and all of his attributes and that I ought to give him all honor and I ought to keep none for myself. The fear of the Lord brings wisdom. We are wise when we realize the world doesn't revolve around us. We are wise when we remember and recognize that there is someone greater and more glorious than us and that he's in control, not me. Wisdom demands that we bring honor and glory to God. Next, when you think about reasons to honor God, he deserves it. He deserves it. Turn to Malachi, last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 1, and look at verse 6. The Israelites had become very comfortable and very casual in their religion, in their religious beliefs. This was at the end of the Old Testament. This was right before the 400 silent years when God did not speak by direct revelation to anyone. And in Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6, God talks about the way the Israelites were worshiping. And listen to what he says. A son honors his father, and a servant honors his master. If I then, God says, am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts? 
to you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? And he goes on in verses 7 and following, and he says, when you come before me, you bring sacrifices that are sick and lame and left over. You're not bringing me the best of what you have. You are dishonoring me. And the implication is God is worthy of honor. He's worthy of our very best in everything that we do. He deserves it. In Revelation chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, there's a vision of the throne room of heaven. And the Bible says that there are four living creatures and that there are 24 elders. And they cast down their crowns before the throne and they pray and they praise to God. And they say, worthy is the Lord of hosts, worthy to receive glory and honor and power. Because he created all things and by his will all things exist and were created. God is worthy of our honor. Why should I honor God? Because true worship necessitates it. Psalm 96, verse 8. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. The glory that is due his name. When we come together to worship, what we're saying is, God, this is what you mean to me. This is what you are worth to me. This is how much I value you. And again, we can do the right things and go through the right motions without ever sincerely having our heart in it. True worship necessitates giving God the glory due his name. With all these things in mind, let me suggest to you this morning five practical areas in which we ought to think about honoring God more. Ready to do a little bit more Bible turning? Here we go. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Five areas in which we ought to think about whether we are truly, sincerely bringing honor to God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. The Proverbs writer is concerned about the honor of God, as we've already seen. Here's what he says in Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor, there's that word, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the firstfruits of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. What's the Proverbs writer saying? I ought to recognize that everything that I have in this world comes from God. I am not an owner of the things that are in my possession. I am merely a steward, and so are you. We are stewards of what God has blessed us with. And we are to honor God with our possessions. He's put them in our hands. He's entrusted us with those things. And the way I use them shows Either that I honor God or I do not. There is no door number three. Do I honor God with my possessions? Turn over in Proverbs to chapter 15. And here's a second area. Excuse me, Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 31. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 31. The Proverbs writer says... He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. 
If I would honor God, it has to do with not just what I do with my possessions, but it also has to do with how I treat my fellow man. It's not just a vertical relationship, it's a horizontal relationship in the way that I treat and deal with others. When someone is in need, when someone is discouraged, when someone needs help, whoever oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, the Bible says. But one who honors God helps the needy. It ought to be on our hearts and on our minds always, constantly. How can I be a help and a blessing to those around me and especially those who are in need? That's got to be part of our thinking. That's got to be part of our mindset if we would truly honor God. Next, area number three. Turn to John chapter 5 in your Bible. John chapter 5. If I would truly honor God... John chapter 5, look at verse 23. John chapter 5 and verse 23. Jesus speaks about his relationship with his heavenly Father. And in John 5 and verse 23, the Scripture says, Jesus himself says, these are red letters in my Bible, which means They think these are words that Jesus actually spoke, physically spoke. In John chapter 5 and verse 23, the scripture says, All should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. This is one of those exclusivity claims that Jesus makes. In other words, what he's saying is, there's only one way to God. There's only one way to have access to God. It's through me. He says this a number of times in his ministry. John 14, verse 6, for example. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And here he says, if you dishonor me, you dishonor the Father. If you honor me, you honor the Father. You see the connection? Do I listen to the words that Jesus has spoken? Said another way, have you listened to and obeyed the gospel? Have you heard the good news of what Jesus came to do for you and what he has given to the world in the form of an offer of forgiveness and a relationship with him? And have you obeyed the gospel? Have you done what he asks? Have you come to him in humble faith and repentance and been baptized for the remission of your sins? Because that's how you give glory to Jesus Christ. You say... He's already done for me what I need done. He has died for me, and I want him to be my sacrifice. I want him to be the one that forgives me. And in so doing, we give honor to him. We listen to his words. We obey his will, and we find forgiveness in a relationship with Jesus Christ and God the Father. Because of the work that he's come to do, there is no other way to be saved. How do I honor God? Number four, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, by enduring difficulties with faith. Enduring difficulties, you got any of those? Anybody have difficulties? How do you endure those? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, backing up to verse 6, 1 Peter 1, verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, Peter says. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, 
may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know what Peter's saying there? He's saying, hang on. Hang on to your faith. Hang on to your relationship with Jesus Christ. No matter how difficult things are, hang on to what God has said. And don't let that go. Because there's a reward laid up for those who hang on that our faith may be found of the praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes again, the way we hang on will say something about how we felt about him, how important he was to us. Keep his commandments. Keep doing what he says. Keep obeying his will, no matter how difficult things may become. And there's praise and there's glory. Endure difficulties with faith. You know what faith is? Faith is two things. Faith is trust and obedience. Those two things together, trust and obedience. And when difficulties and challenges come, you know what goes out the window first? Usually our trust and our obedience, right? I don't know if I trust anymore. I don't, this, is, this is unexpected. This is different. Our trust and our obedience. Endure those things with faith and you're honoring God. Number five, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17, Paul gives us an example of prayer and of praise. Listen to his words. Now, he says, to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He is praying and praising the God of heaven. And he says, God, may you receive honor and glory forever and ever. You want to give honor to God? What's your prayer life like? When you pray, are your prayers full of requests for you and for your loved ones? Are your prayers absent of any kind of praise and reverence and respect for God? Paul says in my prayers, I want to make sure that I'm expressing that I honor God. I want to make sure that I'm praising God for all that he is and all that he means to me, for all that he's worthy of. Do you honor God by the way you pray and by the way you praise him? Those are five areas to contemplate. And each one of those has some very practical ways in which we can bring and give glory and honor to the God of heaven. Maybe this morning you're here and you need to obey the gospel as we've talked about because you want to bring honor to God more than anything. You want to live your life in a way that pleases him. There is forgiveness. There is cleansing. There is a new life available in Jesus Christ. And all you need to do is reach out and take it. Repent of your sin. Leave it behind. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the only one through whom you can have access to God and truly honor God and be baptized. When we're baptized, we participate in the new birth. We are born again. If you're ready to make that commitment this morning, or if you need to respond and ask for prayers, won't you come while together we stand and while we sing?